Wow, this, uh, this seat already feels a little hot. <laughs> um, first of all, I'd like to thank uh, Herb. Um, it's been an honor getting to know him over the last few years, uh, over five years. Uh, I don't think there's ever been a more caring owner who really buys into what this is about, and that's about representing the community and being a part of the community. So uh, I want to thank him. Um, it's a little challenging because now I'm going to say thanks to uh, the guy that just got off the uh, stage. And uh, what do you say to someone who has absolutely given you the opportunity of a lifetime? Larry's an amazing man. He's, uh, he's tough. He cares about the Pacers. Uh, we talk every single day about the Pacers. Uh, and I've learned a lot about uh, basketball. He has a foundation that he feels like you have to play at. You have to play tough. You have to play unselfish. You have to play the right way. Mm -hmm. And uh, there are many games when we left the arena where we would win, but he wouldn't be happy because we wouldn't do that. And then conversely, there'd be games where we would lose and he'd be pretty happy because he felt like we did the right things. Um, so I'm, I'm so grateful for that opportunity to work with him and learn next to him for the last five years. Um, thirdly, I'd like to thank Donnie Walsh. Donnie is, for everybody in here, we all know this, that uh, he's like the father or the, the godfather of the Pacers. If you have an issue, if you are uh, dealing with something, if you want some help in any way, his door was always open and he cares about this uh, organization to his core. And for him, to have him still stay is, is an amazing thing. Um, I'm an Indiana boy. I, I partly grew up in uh, Lawrence. Uh, then I moved to uh, Noblesville, Indiana, and I learned basketball. Well, I partly learned basketball at the Noblesville Boys Club. And... The one thing that I know from growing up in Indiana is we are all fans. We start out as fans here, and we learn basketball. It's part of our roots. And it's funny is as you go from uh, you know junior high to high school and how big the high school basketball games are, every single one, the rivalries and how intense they get. And then, then you go on to, to the college games and – you know, Notre Dame and Purdue and Indiana and uh, uh, Butler, uh, people care about basketball in this state, and it's important. And it makes the Pacers so great because after every game, we talk about it. And that's what makes it special. It makes it unique. And um, with that, you know, I know how important this organization is to this community. And Herb Simon owns this, owns this team. But in reality, the most unique part of this is basketball is Indiana. Indiana is basketball. And so we're, we're owned by our community. And that's, that's totally unique to any other states. That's what we embrace. And so I feel that. I know how important it is. I want to do a great job. Um, I grew up loving the Pacers. I, I snuck down. Rick won't like this, but... 
Uh, me and my buddies, when I was 12, snuck down. We had high-level seats, and we snuck down and got pretty, uh, pretty close to the floor. And I was able to meet uh, Billy Keller when I was younger. And I'm sure everybody knows Billy Keller in here. And for the next two years, I would sit out at uh, my basketball goal in the, in the back by myself, and I thought I was Billy Keller. So it's an honor to be here. Um, I know how important it is. I know that uh, we can build and continue to build and looking forward to the opportunity. Any questions? And the $100 million question, do you have any indication as to which way Paul is leaning and how will you proceed at, from this point moving forward? Bob, I've been on the job two minutes now. And, <laughs> but right. but you got to ask it. Uh, here's what I would say. Um, I, I did exit interviews last week. Uh, Paul and I talked, oh, I don't know, 45 minutes in an hour. Uh, we talked about a lot of different things. In every scenario, he talked about being here. And uh, that's important. Him wanting to be here is important. And he kept coming back to one statement that, that hits me hard and that we all know, but he wants to win. Uh, I think picking up Lance late in the year uh, made us a better team, got us into the playoffs. Lance, energy, uh, and having two unique athletic wings in this business is a luxury, and I think we can build on that. We want to win. This, this organization has gotten to the playoffs. Uh, I heard the stat the other day, 22 out of 29 times. We want successful teams year in, year out, and that has um, to do with Paul. So the message was he wants to win. The Pacers want to win. We're on the same page. Has he given you an indication that when he makes a decision, he will be forthcoming with you so that you know you know how to proceed, whether to move forward with him or make some kind of a deal so you don't end up? I don't think there's any doubt that he'll be forthcoming. I, I think the one thing Paul realizes is that the Indiana Pacers drafted him, developed him, give him an opportunity to succeed, and you know, you've got to give the kid credit. He talked a lot about getting back to the Eastern Conference Finals, how much he enjoyed getting that deep and ultimately deeper. So I respect that, and I think he will. Like I said, you've been on the job probably now four minutes, so there's been a little more time for <laughs> yep. research. Obviously a huge summer, a lot, of, a lot of stuff that can happen. You have a history of being an active guy. As you approach this roster, generally speaking, what do you think are the primary needs to get this team from where it is to where you need it to be? Well, let me say this. I think you have to be bold in this position. But the one thing I've learned from Larry is how important continuity is. I think when you say that I've been a deal maker or made moves, a lot of them have been in the summer and specifically in the draft. I don't mind moving up. Once I see someone in the draft that I, that I think can really help us, you know, I want to be aggressive that way because you identify Ryan Carr and our scouts do an amazing job of identifying talent, and then it's up to me to go figure out how to get them. So I like interchanging pieces. I like moving around in the draft. It doesn't mean it happens every time, but um, I want to be aggressive. I want to be out there and understand all the deals. I think that's what I did for Larry. Uh, and ultimately, Larry either says yes or no, and 
And um, that's why it works so well with me and Larry. Kevin, you have a lot of uh, experience in this profession already. Uh, anything in particular you learned from your years in Portland that you could transfer to this opportunity? Yeah, you know, you have to embrace the medical staff. And I feel like with Josh and Dan Dyrick, you have to listen to those guys. Um, sometimes you can get blinded by talent. Um, and you want it to work, but unless guys can play, you can't play. So I would say learn from your medical staff. And then uh, there were times where we got a little too active, um, and I felt like a, another year with the same team or a similar team would have really benefited everybody else. So it's that age-old thing of balance. Do you, do you make changes or do you uh, buy into continuity? And I think it all depends on your timeline, too. Kevin, would you like to re-sign Jeff Deke? I think Jeff had a really good season. I think for the first – and I've spent some time with Jeff. Jeff is one of the players that I've gotten to know a little bit more. You know, during the course of a year, you, you kind of ebb and flow with the relationships of your players. Uh, I'm going to embrace getting to know every one of them. Um, the first 15 games, you know, he wasn't comfortable. And then I thought he got more comfortable. And then at the end of the year, if you saw him react when we had Lance on the floor, he was a different player. I mean, he got his swag back, you know. And um, that's something I'm looking forward to, to having conversations. We always want a fair deal, but we're open to, to no negotiations with him. He, he did. And, and, and Larry said it, I think, probably best. He wants to be here. And how important is that? To me, that's critically important. Kevin, I was the same guy about T. Um, I don't know if you're able to talk about this stuff, but last year, Conley got cut up. He got they had similar numbers. Can you see T on the open market commanding? I'm not going to negotiate in a press conference. Well, I don't understand. What's your question? How much is he worth? Mm. Is he I think that's guy? up to me and uh, his agent and him, you know? I think it's been proven that we will take care of our guys in this organization. If, if we feel like it's the right move, uh, we step up. We step up. You've got to be unselfish. You've got to be tough. You've got to put the team fir first. But if you do that, this team has always – Herb has always stepped up when it's time. to. We, we kept uh, Roy Hibbert when he got an offer sheet, a max offer sheet. Um, and that was a team trying to steal a player from us. So, I don't I don't see that being the impetus for us uh, keeping players. Kevin, were you even a, a little bit surprised about how much of an impact Lance had so late and so quickly, and how do you see his role? I'm not knowing how it's going to roster, but for next season, it's possible. Well, yes and no. I mean, we all know Lance is crazy, um, but you know, Larry and I talked about it a lot. And even in his contract situation, uh, we knew him coming in uh, could go a lot of different ways. But he was so, when we met with him, he was so hungry to get back here. And he was so appreciative to be back at the place where he had success. And so uh, I think everybody felt the lightning bolt that came back into the arena uh, when he stepped on the court.
And as he gets more healthy, as he gets better in shape, uh, we're going to ask more of him because I know this. If you're watching the playoffs right now, you have to have multiple ball handlers to make plays. They can take one guy out all the time. You can take a guy out in the playoffs where you can game plan. Uh, It's tough to take out two. It's almost impossible to take out three, so that's my job. Now we have two. Can we get three? In hearing from Larry earlier, you do have a great respect for one another and a very strong rapport. What do you value most about the relationship that you two have built? Um, I don't know if I've ever been around a more direct communicator. (laughs) When he says something, that's what he means. Um, And, you know, it's interesting because uh, we developed this relationship of Agree, disagree, but as soon as the decision's made, we united. And no matter what, if, if I went in there with an idea and he didn't like it, you know, we united. And for me, I think that's what's got to sort of trickle down to this organization, that we all have open dialogues with our scouts, uh, with the business side. We can agree to disagree, but at the end of the day, we have to unite. That's sort of the, the foundation of a great organization. And so Larry and I did that all the time. And let me tell you, Larry wanted the truth. He wanted my truth, right? And so there were times he completely disagreed with what I said. And as soon as the, the, the decision was made, we did it. And I bought in 100%. Kevin, last season's team seemed to be kind of caught in the middle and that it wasn't a strong rebounding team, rim protection team, but at the same time, you got outscored a lot at the three-point line. Do you want to go one way or the other? Do you need to shift toward you know, getting another big guy and rebounding better, or do you want to be a better scoring team? Is there a particular direction you need to go? Well, I disagree with one thing in that I think Miles was the third best shot blocker in the team, uh, in the league. And for a 21-year-old kid, I think we're developing him into being an elite rim protector. So I think we have that as an advantage. He also gives us an advantage in that he's a spread five. Now, for me, one of the hardest things watching our team was we walked out on the court and I felt like there were other teams that had a more physical, uh, a bigger team. And you look at our, our teams that had success with the uh, the David West and the George Hill, I felt like we had size for per position, and that ultimately led into us having a rebounding advantage. Uh, but again, I, I don't want to overstate what I feel about Lance. Lance brings a unique set of skills. He is one of the best defensive rebounding two guards in the league. And we miss that. We really miss that. So... Um, I want to get more physical. Uh, I want to get tougher. I want guys who are completely high energy. I think if you look at some of the the teams that um, are successful, it gets a little positionless, and they just have flyers all over the court. And they just uh, play a unique basketball where it's a drive and kick and shoot a lot of threes, and then back on defense you can switch. And so I'd like to get more to that. Um, I don't want to assume for a second that Larry's the only reason you were able to get guys in here, but a lot of people we talked to, they say it's, it was an honor to get you know Absolutely. to come to this program, to this organization, because Larry is there at the top, kind of looking down on everything. 
Is there a bit of an uphill battle now, knowing that he's not going to be part of that mix directly, and that you may have uh, we're trouble, have trouble bringing guys in, knowing that he's not here? Well, I would say this: that if we have a free agent, Larry will be in the meeting. Larry is still a consultant. Larry would do anything for the Pacers that he can to make it better. Um, and as a consultant, it's really uh, him and I having weekly dialogues and texting. And it's, it's a little bit of a switch of roles in that, you know, he has to tell me his opinion. When he sees a player or he sees something going on, he has to tell me that. And he will. Uh, he worries about stepping on toes. I do not. I have the utmost respect. Uh, he's got one of the best basketball minds that's ever lived. Uh, him and Donnie have unique perspectives. Uh, but I see Larry as a person that sits b- beside me in meetings and says, hey, Kevin, what do you think about this? And that's kind of what I've done to him in the last few years. And there's so much respect on both sides that he can tell me anything. And whether I do it, that's up to me. And he'll buy in and he'll unite. Off of that right here. Larry said he's a big fan of what he's seen with the budget coming up for next season. Anything you can add for some flexibility? You're gonna Watch ask Kevin Bauer. He's right in. <laughs> Put some pressure on him for once. All right, here we go. No, 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 no. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You know, here's the thing. Uh, sometimes your timeline dictates what you're going to spend. Sometimes you got younger teams, and you're trying to develop those guys, um, and – you, you put peripheral guys around them and you don't spend as much. Uh, but once they're developed and once you move into the second phase, you have to pay those guys to retain. And Herbie has been terrific about that. We want to do that. We want to have guys in here. We want to develop and we want to be able to retain. That's no different than what the business side goes through. Kevin, two things. Mm-hmm. First, what do you feel that this team needs overall to go from being a team times to be a contender. And second, Larry said that he mentioned to you last year that he was that, that was going to be his last contract. Did that changed the way you approached anything? Not at all. I mean, we set out as a goal last year, and we felt very strongly about this, get into the playoffs. So goal number one attained. Um, what was the second part of the question? Uh, what the team needs. Team needs. Uh, well, you know, we're going through that process right now, and I think, you know, I'd like to have a tougher team. We won at home. We did a great job at home. What it takes to win on the road is a whole new ball game. You have to be able to play physical. You have to play tough. And you have to amp your game up. Every single player has to be on the court knowing that it's going to be a tougher game. And so overall toughness is the one thing I want to add to this team. We used to be a hard hat and a lunch pail kind of a team, and that's what we were known for. And I'm not saying get back to that completely because it's also, on the other hand, it's a very skilled league too. Kevin, uh, two questions. The first one's really small. Is it about replacing you? Uh, I haven't gone down that yet. How important is, do you think, to the ball towards staying here is in making one of the top three teams, the Supermax and all that? I, I think it's somewhat important, but at the end of the day, we want Paul to want to be here too. And if, I, if we can prove 
and we can show with our actions about what we do in uh, free agency and the draft, um, I think he'll get more comfortable. And look, it's up to me to put a team around him and Lance right now, him and Miles and Thaddeus, and mm-hmm. uh, and make moves and and develop some continuity as well. So um, we want to do that. That was that was the big thing when we talked. We kept talking about how do we get back. He was in the in the <coughs> mode of how do we get back to the Eastern Conference Finals, and I thought that was a great sign. Kevin, you've been here since 2011. You've been a GM. Obviously, you don't want Larry to move on, but was this kind of your hopes and your goals down the road, potentially? You know what's interesting about this is that, you know, as a number two guy, you sit there and you make all kinds of recommendations, and some of them are a little crazy, and some Larry would be like, what are you thinking? Uh, And then you move into this role, and I've been in this role before, um, sometimes it's okay being the number two guy too. Um, but Larry and I had a lot of conversations and he said, Kevin, it's time for you. And, uh, coming from him, um, it means the world for me. And, uh, you know, for me, I hope I served him loyally and gave him good counsel and, you know, and that's the reason why I'm here. Kevin, is, is rebuilding a dirty word in your mind? <laughs> yes. Uh, even if, let's just say, I mean, I, I, I've been, you know, it's semantics, but at the end of the day, when you rebuild, it's it's tearing it down. But I don't believe in tearing it down because then you can tear down your culture, and you can't teach guys how to win. And part of it is, you see, teams. Some teams are out of the playoffs seven, eight, nine years. We don't do that. That's not what we want to do. Uh, we're not a me- afraid to make adjustments. Um, so I'm good with retool and maybe rebuild is a little bit about a bad word. Uh, Kevin, how, right here, how do you feel about how Nate uh, handled the team this year, leadership-wise, this first year? You know, Nate was tough on the team. He's, uh, he's a sergeant. You know, my nickname when he's been too tough, is I'll walk into his office and say, hey, how's Sarge doing? And, uh, but what's great about Nate and myself and our relationship, um, you know, this sounds a little crazy, but I embrace, and I think he did too, hard times. Because when you go through some hard times, you realize who you want to be in the trenches. I'm telling you 100%, Nate is a guy you want in the trenches. All day, every day. He, he, he stays calm waters. He understands big pictures. And as, as good a relationship as him and I have, and we talk very directly, we talk all the time, I expect that, that to expand again, you know. Um, I enjoy that part of it. And, and as president, I have, to, I have to coach him too. And he's okay with that. Sometimes I want to come after a game and say, why did we do that? Or the next day, I never do it after the game. But the next day, I want to know, well, why were you guys thinking that? And you know what? 95% of the time, I agree with them. And the 5% time I don't, I let them know and we have a conversation. It's never out of animosity. He knows I got his back. I know he's got my back. And at the end of the day, he has a little saying with the team that they all come together that I totally buy into. And that is, we are one. We are one. The business side, the basketball side, we are one. 
And so I look forward to uh, embracing that relationship even more. You've had the opportunity to play for and work with Larry Brown and Donnie Walsh. Can you talk about their influences on you professionally speaking? Well, you know, I bride up when, when I talk about Donnie because, you know, Donnie was coached by Dean Smith, who coached Larry Brown. And so Donnie will start talking about, you know, let's look at, you know, shell drill and, you know, baseline, ba- drive baseline. He'll come up with some term and I'll go, oh, my gosh, that reminds me just of Larry Brown, you know, him being roommates. Uh you know, I feel like Larry Brown gave me a foundation of basketball, the way it's played the right way. You've heard Larry Brown say the right way a million times, but he's tough. Um, but I'm very thankful to play for uh, Coach Brown as well. I don't want to get into specifics on what Herb is. Here's, you know, in, and I don't even like this. I don't even like talking about a small market. We are a market. Uh, we are a competitive market. We give, uh, we're given every opportunity to succeed. Um, going into the tax will always be challenging, but I've never heard uh, Herb say, hey, listen, uh, we can never go into the tax. I think if you're on a timeline where you've got good players and you want to win and you're, you're on the cusp of moving up, I don't think there's a, a doubt that he would take a look at that. I'm not saying he would do it for sure, but you have to analyze that and see if it's worth it. And the one thing I know talking to Rick and uh, Kevin is they're open to that too. So it's not just about that. Um, and I, I've always felt like Herb, given the right situa- situation and right opportunities, will do what he has to do. Is He's been a, in the tax before. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. is, is there a reason, though, for the budget change, or is it because of that timeline you're talking about? Well, I think it depends on the timeline. You know, when you're developing young players and you're trying to figure out, you know, your core, then you got to be careful because – you can go out into the market and overspend, and every time you overspend, what happens is it takes you out of a different uh, category in the future. So sometimes you keep your powder dry because you want to keep your powder dry because there's not right fits in the summer. And, and so we'll, we, we take a long look at whether they fit and, and what their value is, and we'll do that this summer. Kevin, assuming... And everything that you indicated was that you guys are under the assumption that Paul wants to be back, whether he is or isn't. If he is back, is this a team that's one or two players away from being One, one of the interesting thing I think is, I don't know what you guys feel about this, but, you know, Lance and his play certainly opened my eyes to what another ball handler, a big ball handler who can also shoot some but also make plays. And for me, having both Paul and Lance out there kind of changes us a little bit. I mean, it gets us back to those old, older times where we were tough and we had a physical edge and uh, we liked that. So um, I can see us making additions to this team. And I think we can be better just having a little bit of continuity with those guys. You know, those guys hadn't played, what, two years? And we know this, that we have this culture. Uh, I give a lot of credit to our coaches, but 
you know, Lance is a little little crazy, and sometimes you got to put the bridle on him and make sure he just kind of calms down. And, and our coaches get him to that. But I like that. I like that he brings that amazing energy, that desire, and boy, it hit us right on right on target. We don't make the playoffs if Paul doesn't amp his game up the last month, six weeks, and we don't sign Lance. We don't make the playoffs. Is Lance a point guard? Boy, you know, Conrad, the more I'm watching these playoffs, the more I'm not sure what a point guard is, you know? It's like, is it the guy who brings it up? Mm, Curry brings it up, but he's shooting, you know, 15, 18, 20 times a game. Uh, I think you have to be able to put pressure on the defense all the time with that position. So I think he can play point guard. You know, it's funny, Larry and I had that debate for two years. I didn't think he was. Larry was like, he is definitely a point guard. I'm absolutely convinced now he's more of a point guard than than we even admit. So how does that influence the plan for teams? Well, no, you know, I, I like... I like Lance. If you can put Lance with a second group as well, I, I'm not saying he wouldn't start, but a second group and put shooters around him, well, then he becomes a little bit of a, I wouldn't say mini LeBron, but you get a pick-and-roll player with a dive and three shooters, right now that's impossible to guard. And he is the beginning. He's like the, the hydra that you have to start with. When did you first learn you were going to take over? Does it go back to last summer when Larry decided no, he was done? No, you know, with Larry, you never make any assumptions. You know, I knew he had a year left on his contract, but I, I thought he might come back. And uh, so last last week, I really found out that uh, he was going to step down and, and then he was going to recommend me to be the, the president. Have you spoken to Herb Simon since that? Many times. <laughs> Do you uh, plan to hire a GM to replace you know, you I'm not going to go there right now. Um, you know, we have some people in house that we have to kind of figure out first, and so um, my immediate uh, thoughts right now is uh, we have to get ready next week for the pre-draft camp. You know, mm-hmm. that's sort of priority one. That's that's sort of the lifeblood of uh, an organization. Uh, NBA organization is getting prepared for the draft. So next week is that, and I want this. Sh- this week to ramp up and any decision we do on staffing you know i want to take my time and make sure it's uh the right person and you know for back of letter better word uh that guy if there is that guy is kind of like a soulmate you know you spend so much time you got to be able to argue i guess it's like a marriage too you're just gonna you got to figure it out you got to be honest with each other you got to be brutally honest with each other and that doesn't happen overnight so i want to be very methodical in how i uh approach that what do you think of the team overall defensively and any you mentioned being tougher, but any other changes you think defensively the team needs to make to take that next step? Yeah, I think physicalness. You know, I, I felt like one of our biggest weakness was we couldn't contain the ball. And that put you know, you could say Miles Turner was third in the league in shot blocks because he had so many opportunities. Um and so we have to become a better perimeter. We have to be a better pick-and-roll defensive team. That is priority. You know, Nate knows that. We've talked about that. 
And so that has to come from a commitment, and it also has to come from personnel. We have to do a better job of getting guys buying in more on that side. Regarding Carl, one last question, obviously, again, with the presumptions, but do you feel like you need to hear something definitive from him by a certain point in time? No. For me, there's no timeline. I mean, we're going to find out whether he qualifies for the Supermax in May. I don't even know that date. I don't even think they've come out with that date. Um, And at that point in time, we'll have some more conversations. But we know for certain. You know for certain now May. Is when you'll find out. I've heard that, but I, I can't confirm okay. that. You know, I know that they said it was going to be before July twenty right. sixth because there's a big award show, and they wanted to give us a little bit of a heads up. But other than that, I don't. I don't know. It's going to be before June twenty sixth. That would be a difficult. July would be a difficult time. The draft would be a difficult time. No if question. You don't have something. I totally agree. Totally agree. Okay. I think that's why they've decided they're going to move that one. Up. Right. Of all the awards, that's the one that they're going to. The first three teams are going to. What are you? What's your take on having media influence a player's contract? Um, I like my job, so I'm, I'm going to let the league. Like I'm going to let the league determine that, and I'm going to follow the rules. Since you've been on it 38 minutes, right. yeah, so, uh, Mr. Silver, your call's coming in for Mr. Pritchard. Kevin, you've uh, drafted from many different places in the first round when yep. you were in Portland. Yep. Is there a particular position in the draft you'd like to trade from? Is there a more advantageous spot or just depend Oh, you on mean the moving up or moving down? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we're, Mark, we're just getting into that. I would say that I think there's a Tier 1 that's really special. Uh, that didn't get that doesn't get down to 18, unfortunately. But I think Tier 2 is really deep. Um, so I'm not sure exactly if Tier 2 gets to 18, but it's a good draft. It's a very good draft. I feel like we're – I don't think we're down to five or six guys yet. I think we want to keep an open mind and go through the process, go through the interview process, uh, get comfortable with guys. But I feel good we're going to get a good guy at 18. I really do. Mm-hmm. And if we've got to move and be aggressive, we're, we're okay with that. Did you more often move up or move down? I, I think I've moved up more than I've moved down. Mm-hmm. I have to look at that. I think I moved down once, and I don't think it worked. <laughs> okay. I love the embrace the medical staff. Yes, no question. <laughs> We've got the best in the league. You added a player development guy. Have you considered what other staff positions, type type of positions yeah, you'd like to Yeah, I will talk about that. I want to see, I want to get a feel for if he felt like that was good enough for our young guys. You know, and the other added dimension is uh, Fort Wayne. You know, we've got a good coach up there. We're developing guys, and now with the swing player, it uh, it sort of changes that too. How do you plan to use it? Because the last couple of years, there's been all guaranteed spots here, so there hadn't been a flexibility to bring up a guy to give him a chance. You know, Scott, we've talked about that. God, 40 hours already, and I'm not sure exactly the course of action. I want, to, I want to have a plan in place, and then how do we execute that plan with that? Because there's two different types of theories. Number one is if you're going to bring in those guys for 45 days, are they development guys, or do you go with guys that actually can help you in a game? You know, So maybe more veteran-type guys that can come in for 45 days, help you, be a part of the, the team. Uh, I think that's yet to be determined. I, I, I see... 
I see teams going in a lot of different directions. We're, we're all talking a little bit together. I mean, we're keeping kind of our private thoughts, but we're talking about how to best use the, the D-League and the swing players.